Welcome to Quillsword Blogcast. So, is there anything in the world besides Russia and China? Sure, Australia. See y'all, what? Aw, what? You weren't kidding? Ah, sigh. Okay, let's lay this out straight. Nation-states can rub their tummies and pat their heads at the same time because nation-states are made up of lots of people and have a bunch of people working for their governments. No one person has to do it all. Individual humans have limitations. We can't know everything that we need to know at any given moment about the whole world. A supercomputer couldn't do it. A supercomputer shoved into someone's noggin besides being icky as all get out, would only be the worst of both. No one person can do it all. Nation states don't have unlimited focus. Most put at least one poor schmuck in charge, and that guy will have only limited bandwidth. If he or she wants to get anything done, they will have to be selective about what they prioritize. Meanwhile, there's some pencil pusher in the basement keeping up with what the goings-on in Nambia, should anyone ever need to know. Delegation is a big asset, especially if you haven't mucked up your authoritarian government to hopeless levels of paralysis. While the president is trying to keep China from ticking off any more of our allies, the State Department has a ton of folks doing all that keeping up with the changing world part. Being a nation-state has its perks. But not only does the president have limited bandwidth, so does the media and the public. We can't process all the available information. No one can. So we focus on what we think is most important, or at least the most attention-grabbing. Right now, for both the media and the public, that's Russia and China in the foreign policy space, and Republicans suddenly acting like elected representatives again in the house domestically. See? We can pat our heads and rub our tummies, too. Of course, our limited bandwidth comes with more than just space limitations. We get tired of hearing the same old news. We are primed to pay more attention to action than slow-moving things. This makes sense, but it isn't always a great thing. Sure, if the tiger is leaping out of the forest, you need to know that now. But a lion stalking up slowly through the grass is just as deadly. Sounds so much worse than it is. That's because we haven't taught kids how to prioritize or process information worth a darn in the last four or five generations. Yes, that includes my generation. I'm not that old. Yet. Unless you're getting your security briefings every morning from the Secret Service, you can safely take a day off from the war in Ukraine. They don't need you to understand the battlefield. And, for those of you who support Ukraine, they really don't need you to get burned out. You don't have to watch every video about Russia. That's my job. Seriously, being well-informed doesn't mean drowning in information. I admit... I pay a lot more attention to the Ukrainian battlefield than I have ever paid to any war ever before. But that's because this war has presented a gold mine in terms of learning opportunities that I could never have gotten from the lamestream media, not even when they were still halfway good at their jobs. That said, 
The United States military will never come and ask me to plan a battle for them. Not even and for the hilarious joke that that would be. I wouldn't agree unless we were talking about pixels anyway. Pixels reboot. People don't. Point being, I'm not military and I don't play it on TV. That's not why I want to learn about the battlefield stuff. Militaries hate this, but they are political organizations both in mission and by nature. Groups of people making decisions, even hierarchical ones, are political by definition. What happens in the military side informs the political, and vice versa. Understanding the basics and some of the jargon of what the military guys are talking about better informs my own foreign policy analysis. Besides, they'd get all confused when I wanted to use a battleship. I might like battleships. You know. Anyway, if you want to be better at foreign policy analysis, I strongly urge you to listen to a variety of military perspectives on this war. If you just want to be well-informed, a good news article each week will get you up to speed. You worry about selecting your sources, not about getting every scrap of information. That works in domestic politics as well, although in both, the frequency of needing to get good information will change with the as the importance does. It sounds so complex, but you already do this part to some extent naturally. We pay attention to crisis. If something has your attention, you'll want more information. To be well informed, be more selective. Decide how much information you want. Do you need every detail or the overview? Then decide where you will go for that inter- information. Newspaper, videos, podcast, radio, mainstream. Then go get it. If you need more or less, adjust accordingly. How much information you need depends on what you are trying to do with it. If you are a military analyst, you need a lot of details about the battlefield. A well-informed voter needs the important information about the situation. A guy trying to strap an Abrams into a cargo jet needs to know about where to hook what, and he doesn't need to know where the jet is heading. Information is very situational. So relax. It's okay to not follow every little detail of every foreign policy matter. What's not okay is to ignore every issue because it's political. An uninformed voter isn't a good voter. A perfectly informed voter doesn't exist. Find that happy medium and decide who you want to represent you on that basis. China and Russia will be there next week when you're ready. Probably.